my career has been about preparation. I mean, there's certain things I imagined and I desired, and I definitely think I, you know, I helped to facilitate it. Part of it's luck, and part of luck is being prepared so that when luck does come or opportunity comes, you're ready to take the bull by the horns. Listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm Trevor Elgott. And I'm AJ Meyer. And in episode 275, we have the second and final part of my chat with SAG After President and working actress Gabrielle Carteris. In part two, we talk about the nomadic life of the artist the challenges facing non-union actors in smaller markets, what it means and what it takes to flip a project, and Gabrielle's inspirational answers to our final two questions. Episode 275 of Inside Acting coming at you. Stay with us. Support for this episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Rehearsal Pro, the next version of Rehearsal, the essential app for actors. It's now available. we got to change this copy because it's the new version, the current version of Rehearsal. <laughs> and it's now available on the iTunes App Store for your iOS device, your iPad or your iPhone or your iPod Touch. If you want to learn your lines, be off book for your auditions consistently, reliably, easily and explore your character make stronger choices and do a lot of cool other stuff that we keep talking about that um, is going to go public very soon go to rehearsal.pro slash iap right now and learn all about all these kick-ass new features in this newest version of rehearsal the groundbreaking app designed by actors specifically for actors stage film television you name it voiceover even as well that's rehearsal.pro slash iap this episode of Inside Acting is also brought to you in part by PrintHeadshots.com, superior headshot printing. At PrintHeadshots.com, all orders include free shipping, free retouching, free layouts, free proofs, and no hidden fees. That means you don't pay a dime until you approve your proofs. And now you can use promo code IA, that's I. A, as in inside acting, to get $10 off your order. Most orders arrive within just a day or two, so for superior printed headshots with unparalleled turnaround time, visit printheadshots.com and remember to use promo code IA for $10 off. Hey, everyone. Hey, Trevor. Got some exciting stuff to talk about in this episode, huh? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm stoked. So we just jump right into this really cool announcement that's like, yes. like brand new on our plates. This is really cool. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. So big IAP event announcement. So for those of you who have listened to the podcast for a long time, and I know there are many of you, you may or may not remember Trevor and I being involved with the Los Angeles Theater Ensemble and our productions of The War Cycle. I know that there are other people people 
Uh, and some of those people who've been listening for a long time actually got a chance to see it. But for other people who say discovered the podcast later on, the ensemble wasn't quite as active, they've gone back and they listened to previous episodes. And I've talked to very specific people uh, that are in this boat. They've gone back and listened to past episodes and then been like, they, you know, I'll meet them at like a tweet up or some kind of, you know, meet, uh, uh, industry event and then be like, man. I really wish I would have been listening to the podcast back when you were doing the war cycle so I could have come and seen it. Well, we have something that's almost as good, which is that Trevor and I are actually going to be involved in a reading of the third war cycle play, which is called Gospel According to First Squad. Um, and we're so excited because this was um, one of the my favorite things that I've ever done. I know Trevor feels the same. And we were in it together, and we had some amazing scenes together, so we're going to be able to do those again. I have goosebumps hearing you talk about it, man. I, I am really, really excited for this. This is the definitely the, the coolest and most fun and, I would say, best play I've ever had the pleasure of working on. And the, the fact that we get to do a reading of it at the Kirk Douglas Theater in just a few weeks is really, really exciting. So uh, here are the specifics. It's a reading of Gospel According to the First Squad, as uh, AJ just mentioned. This play won a bunch of awards. It, it was nominated for even more, and it won a couple. Uh, and a lot of the original actors that were in the original cast, including myself and AJ, are going to be in this uh, reading as well. It's at the Kirk Douglas Theater coming up on Saturday, May 27th, and it's at, I want to say, 7 p.m. or 6.30 p.m. Doors at 6, and, and we start at 6.30. We I start think at 6.30. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it, this is going to be uh, a an intimate reading in the rehearsal room upstairs at the Kirk Douglas Theater. It's going to be recorded. So uh, there's going to be some microphones and stuff. It's just going to be audio recording. And if you can't make it, we are going to be posting a recording of the entire reading inside the membership for our members. Just as kind of a cool little bonus thing. I'm I'm really excited just to have an archived version of this somewhere. Most importantly, you guys are invited. So uh, it's $7 per ticket. But if you are a member of the podcast, guess what? You get free tickets. There's a thread inside the membership called First Squad Reading that you can go to for instructions on how to get your free tickets. We are doing an RSVP system and all that kind of thing because space is very, very limited. So um, we want to make sure that you know we get a hard commitment from people. But uh, if you're listening to this and you are a member of Inside Acting, again, you get free tickets. Just hit up the membership, look for the First Squad Reading thread, and that'll have all the instructions on how to reserve your seat. There's also going to be a light reception afterwards, um, possibly with some drinks and food and mingling and things like that. So we are really, really, really excited about this. Again, first squad reading at the Kirk Douglas Theater coming up on Saturday, May 27th. Doors at 6 p.m. Reading starts at 6.30. Really hope to see a lot of you guys there. I, this might be the last acting that I do for a while to be completely honest. So um, it's really special to me too. And I, I would love and be very honored if uh, some of our members and listeners made it out. Awesome. And, and I just want to point out too, what a, a no brainer this is. It's $7 for, to become a member for a month. Um, so if you have been even considering it and you want to come see this and you're not a member yet, you kind of it's like like I said, it's a no brainer because you get a free ticket if you're a member and it's seven dollars for a ticket. So you do the math. 
Awesome, man. So yeah, that's that's the big news, man. I'm I'm just so freaking excited. Um, other than that, I don't think we have any other big announcements uh, except for some good news from you, AJ. I don't know if this is good news. It's just it's just an interesting thing to note. You know, we we talked during the Chelsea Crisp Crisp episodes about. Uh, you know, getting specific and, you know, starting to mold one's choices and and career paths um, to lead us to what we want. And I find that I am passing on a couple of projects recently. And I, you know, I was trying to figure out the, 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 the language to use when responding to my reps, because I know that, you know, they work hard and <clears throat> they pitch us. And, and sometimes it's, you know, it's tough to hear like, if they worked really hard to get me in a particular room and then I go, uh, I'll pass mm, like, yeah. you know, that's, that's a little bit of a dance that we get to do as, as actors in regards to our relationship with our reps. So most recently they sent me an audition for, um, there's this musical, I'm going to, I'm not going to say what, um, place it is, but there's a musical theater theater, um, here in Los Angeles that um, has some some decent prestige, like a lot of people know it and have worked there and whatnot. I, I looked at it and I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to do this. And I sort of like floundered a bit before responding. And when I finally did respond, I said, you know what? I'm going to pass this. And I think the exact words I use were, this is not going to get me where I want to go. Mm. This is not going to get me where I want to be. You said that directly to your representation? Yeah. Yeah. And it felt, you know, I felt it was very empowering. It was like, oh, this is this is sort of in line with the the whole thing that we talked about in regards to specificity and vision on the Chelsea Crisp episodes. I'm I'm I feel like I'm taking baby steps as opposed to big giant steps toward this, but um but this is one of them mm. in in my in my sort of estimation. That's really cool. I I always wondered what it would be like to get to that point in my career where I'm like, mm, I'm not, a, it's not like I'm above that. It's not like I'm above taking those roles, but it's just no longer part of my, of the path that is becoming increasingly clear. And so it sounds like that's a, probably an empowering conversation for your representation as well to, to sort of be on the same page and say like, okay, cool. If, if this guy knows where he's going, then I can sell him a little bit more effectively. Yeah, maybe. And and the thing is, is like, it's not, I don't think that we, I don't think that we need to get to any particular place in our career in order for us to, to pass, for instance. Like, I don't think it's a, you have to reach a certain level before you can start passing on projects. I think it's more about like being very narrowly focused and going in a particular direction. So, you know, if you, if you look at what the project is and you think that, you know, in your, in your sort of best estimation and in your conversation with your representation, this is going to be a step toward the thing that I actually want. Then passing on, it would make you seem more like a, I don't know, the diva thing that you're sort of concerned about Trev. But, but if you, if you look at it and it's not a next step on the path to what you want, then it's, then passing on it is just about specificity. That's a key distinction to make. Some of the predominant advice I think that comes out of the um, world of art making is do everything, say yes to everything. And I think that's a great strategy 
if you are looking for experience and you are honing in on who you are as an artist and what you bring to the table. But once you start to get a handle on those things, on who you are and your specificity and and what you bring and what you want to do and what brings you joy and what doesn't, then I think that's when you get to the point where it's like that advice of just do everything becomes disempowering. And you can really start to strategically approach your career almost as more of a, of a, of a business or a long-term goal rather than just this fun thing that we do. So it's, it's a shift that I think we all come to at some point. And, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, there's a, there's a sort of another way to look at it too, which Gabrielle talks about in this particular interview where she, she actually kind of says, say yes to everything. And it's not really the, the difference there. The difference there is she's being paid. Like right. she's talking about saying yes to like every union project because she's like, I'm an actor and I want to work and I want to explore and I want to make my health, you know, I want to make sure that I, that I'm getting health benefits. Yeah. And that requires making a certain amount of money per year, you know? So there's, <clears throat> there is a, there is a, 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 a way of saying yes to everything, but it's tough because then we get into the money conversation. I'm like, well, money talks, yeah, you know, yeah. and 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 I think for me, being that I'm now with my new promotion, making a certain amount of money that is going to like support me in supporting myself. I was like mad at myself for using the same word in the same two the same word twice in the same sentence, but whatever. Um, um, supporting myself uh, since I have that, you know, knowledge it makes it easier to pass on the stuff that's like, I'm not going to get paid very, like I, in other words, I'll, even if it's not 99 seat theater, even if it's higher paid theater, I'll make, I'll actually make more at my day job than I will doing this project. And that project's not going to move me closer to what I want. I mean, that's kind of a, it becomes sort of a no brainer. You know what I mean? It's a good way to sort of reframe the very wise advice that either it's a hell yes or a hell no when you're faced with an opportunity or a choice in your life. It's like either you are all in for it. You're like, yes, that's absolutely something I want to do. And if you're not all the way there with that, then it's, it's like, no, you should at least be taking a look at you. Know, yeah, exactly. You should at least be taking a put like, why am I, why am I not super excited about this? Yeah. Yeah. And you have options, which is, which is the best part. And, and uh, thank you for clarifying that about what Gabrielle says in the interview. Cause, um, I was trying to kind of go there and I I didn't quite put it as succinctly as you did. Support for this episode of Inside Acting is also brought to you in part by VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2GoGo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO as in voiceover, the number two, gogo.com slash start. And by Bluehost, the web's number one complete web hosting solution, starting at just $3.95 per month. Bluehost proudly powers over 2 million websites worldwide, including a little, uh, little podcast called Inside Acting you may have heard of. And... It offers free site builders, one-click WordPress installation, 24-7 support, automatic site backups, industry-leading security, and a money-back guarantee. If you've been looking to set up a website of your very own, Bluehost is the way to go. Visit insideacting.net slash blue to sign up today. 
and even get a free domain. That's insideacting.net slash blue. And just to clarify, that's $3.95 a month, not $395 per month. Yeah, and they've got a lot of plans, a lot of different plans. And when I was looking to set up, you know, the website, we originally had our website hosted on Blogger when I had no idea how to do any of that stuff. When we started working with Godali and I started looking at, you know, websites for my acting site and all sorts of other stuff, um, everywhere I looked, everyone was like Bluehost, Bluehost, Bluehost is the most reliable, the most features and... And um, yeah, they've they've powered Inside Acting Net, InsideActing.net now for several years, and they do have like an ungodly amount of features that I couldn't tell you the first thing about, but I do know that they're reliable and their support is awesome and they're affordable and can't recommend them enough. InsideActing.net slash blue. So that's it for the first part of this episode. Shall we jump into part two with Gabrielle? Yeah, just a reminder that uh, if you've sent in a listener question, we're going to be having a specific listener question episode coming up very soon. There's some juicy ones here we're excited to dive into. I don't really have much to say about Gabrielle's uh, second part here. It uh, you know kind of speaks for itself. All right. Enjoy part two of AJ's chat with sag after president and actress Gabrielle Carteris. We'll catch you guys on the other side. ago now <clears throat> when the tax incentives were not really coming back mm-hmm. and um, it shot mostly here in LA and I was in a van mm-hmm. uh, one of the transpo vans with um, one of the wardrobe people I think and we were driving from set to base and she had been given her paycheck mm-hmm. in her envelope and she opened her envelope and she mm-hmm. pulled it out she heavy sigh put it back mm-hmm. in the envelope and said the things you'll do to stay in town. Mm. And I remember thinking that, like, it's not just her. I mean, obviously, that's a different union, but it's not just mm. her, right? Mm. It's 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 everyone has to make these choices about where they're going to mm-hmm. settle, if they're going to settle, if they're going to try. I just had a, a good friend of mine took my headshots because uh, he was moving, like, the next day after he took my headshots to Atlanta to mm. try out mm-hmm. that market, you know? Um so I'm wondering if you see the um, the growth of these other markets as a as a as a good thing, or if you think that it's taking you know work out of you know areas like LA. I mean, obviously it's a good thing in that there's more work mm-hmm. and there's always you know it seems like we talked about this earlier with the different streaming services and the different networks. It seems like the work in general is growing, mm-hmm. but also there's a lot of people that feel. Like, well, now should I even be staying here in L.A.? Mm-hmm. Should I be staying in New York? Should I be going somewhere else? You know, there's sort of this sense of, um, the sort of nomadic sense to what actors sometimes do is, seems to be creeping back in. Right. In I think way. we were always <clears throat> nomadic, right? Theater, yeah. you would say, if you, you know, when I lived in New York, I was doing regional traveling all over the country. Right, or right? tours or right. whatever. Whatever yeah. it was, and that's the nature of theater. And I think the nature of TV, well, film has always been, you know, you know the travel kind of thing but I, I no I you know 
what I like personally, I like to stay home. I have kids. I want to be with my husband and I don't want to, you know, there's certain things I won't do now that I might have done when I was younger because I'm not going to leave home. But that, I'll tell you, as a national officer, as the president of this union, and I, when I look at members across the country, I think it's good. I think it's, there's good and bad, right? I mean, there's the hard part. You don't want to, and I get that. Uh, you know, you don't. People don't want to necessarily move. Some people want to move. They look at it as an opportunity to start their lives over. Yeah. And other people say they don't want it. You know, I can't. I can't. Uh, and I don't think the union wants to go and do it according just to people's personal lives in that moment. Necessarily, what's going on? If you look at the big picture of it, the big picture, I think it's great. I think that you know, uh, it just means that people. You know, actors can live in different places, and they're not. They might not want to live in L.A. and New York. They want to raise their kids in Seattle. They want to raise their kids in Chicago, or they want to raise their kids in wherever it is. Now they have more flexibility. I mean, that's kind of exciting, right? Yeah. That I want to raise my kids in Idaho, and I want to be able to do my podcast. So I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to create this podcast, and I'm going to I'm I'm able to do it. I don't have to go to New York or L.A. or I'm going to start a radio. I'm going to shoot this film. I have my whatever the camera is because I'm not a technical. You know, <laughs> t- I have no technology know how. But how exciting is that? That you could so. Pluses and negatives, depending on which, you know, is the glass half full or half empty. But I, I love the idea of access. I just think yeah. that's kind of wild. What advice we, we've gotten, since we're on the subject, we've gotten this question into the podcast uh, a few times. What advice would you have for the person who's in Portland, in Idaho, in um, New Orleans, in even San Francisco. I've heard it from the mm-hmm. from the Bay Area of California, San Francisco. I'm from there, people. Oh, okay. So you know, <laughs> um, the, the, these actors that are in these markets, mm-hmm. and they look around and they're trying to make a living. They want to work as an actor, and so much of the stuff is non-union. Mm-hmm. So much of it, and they're like, I want to work as a union actor. I want to become mm-hmm. a union actor, but I'm a a not finding a ton of opportunities to do so, and B, I'm a little nervous or scared or worried about doing that and then not being able to work all these other jobs when I want to make a living. That Obviously, that's going to happen in even L.A. and I was going to say, that's so not... It's not necessarily, right. you know, it's not just, isolated right. to those places. Right. But, the but it's reason, more predominant. Yeah, and I think the reason I'm asking for them is because a lot of these are the same people who are like, well, since I can't do that now, I'll just work at the bank... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll be a teller at the bank and save up money so that I can move to L.A. or New mm-hmm. York and, mm-hmm. and and hopefully have a little bit of a better shot at, at becoming a member and working as a union actor. Like, wh- what advice would you have for those people? I think, and I think I'm asking because we've gotten the question in so many. Well, so it kind of speaks to your your last question. So there's so many. This is multi level. But yeah. in your last question, I would say one of the greatest aspects of uh, our industry right now, the things, the idea that we are in so many different states now, and mm-hmm. that is allowing people actually to have more of a career, right? Yeah. Like Atlanta, if you were to say ten years ago what was going on, that was one of those exact situations where you're saying, "What do I do?" It's you know, there's such little work, and, it, and now it's the third really flourishing you know, local that we have. So I think that um, that speaks to exactly that concern. I would also say that, um, look, if you're a union member, um, I flip jobs. 
I, I, I mean, I, that's why I say I know it goes on. I, in L.A., I've been approached to do non-union work. and um, Not while you were president. I mean, that would be... Oh, no, even when I was president. That's Wild, ridiculous. Right? That's insane. Honest Who are these people? I know, not paying attention. But, uh, so, but they'll say, so, so I literally have had the ability to flip a job. I'll say, you know, in this, and I'll connect them in the union, you know, look at the contracts. They're not as hard as you think. And there's whatever it is, particularly with wow. new media. And there are times. And so by flip it, you're saying like you fight for right. it to be go from, from non-union to union. Yeah. yeah. I'll say, you know what? It's not hard. And maybe I can help walk you through it. Seriously. I really That's tried amazing. it. Yeah. And then, um, and there are other times I've had to say no. I will say the instinct, if you look, the best thing also about the idea that production is everywhere, the idea that you can create your own production, not hard to be able to do it union. And I think that we want to philosophically always stay in that kind of um, place that we're saying we support, because that's what union is. We never do it alone, right? We stand on the shoulders of others so that, you know, if we can say, um, we want it to be union. We want to keep things union so that we know people will have protection. So, like, when something, like, happened to me when I became partially paralyzed, I had the insurance to cover that, to take care of me because I was a part of a union. If it had been a non-union job, I would have had no protection, no, recall, no recourse, nothing. Um, I think that... Uh, what I would say to people is make their stuff, like I said, make it union, flip stuff, and, um, you know, keep, know that for the people, the hardest part for us is when people try to play it both ways, you know, on union, I'll do a union job, I'll do a non-union job, because I'm, li- and I say that is the worst, that one of the reasons that's the worst is because we work so hard to get certain things into our contracts for members, right, for the things that protect us. The things, you know, the basic, you know, an eight-hour day, and then, you know, it goes into overtime, but also safety and security for stunt people, all those things that every time somebody works uh, off the card, right, because they just, you know, they, and if it's a couple hundred dollars, even if it's a thousand, they will not change their lives in the big picture, but going and compromising a contract, because every time you do that, you let the employer know, well, maybe I can push the envelope, hmm. and so I won't have to... Uh, give give in the next negotiation as much, or I don't have to worry about what I do in the negotiation because the performer is always going to give in and say I don't need that much. Mm. And I think with that, what I know that does is it not only uh, hurts you, but it hurts everybody in all the years that we have taken to build these contracts. Yeah. So um, I and I'm telling you when I look back on all the uh, non I've figured out it's almost over a half a million dollars that I've turned down accumulatively of non-union work, which is a lot of money, particularly through all the years that I wasn't able to work because I was injured and I have two kids. So I've already established a lifestyle with my husband and my children, and it meant giving up a lot of things. But I really, in my heart of hearts, believe that all those little moments would never have defined my life, even though in that moment when I really want the money, I'm like, oh, I really want that money could help for this or that. It doesn't doesn't change my life, really. It only supports me in that moment. But when I hold off and I make sure to keep strong, I'm actually helping for tomorrow and the years that follow, not just for myself but for everybody else. And that is a, you know, it's a humbling thing yeah. to be able to sit and do that. And that's that's what I would urge people in the smaller markets. 
fight that good fight, create your projects, make sure they're union, try to flip them, do whatever you can. We have so many waivers and smaller locals to help them with their local commercials, yeah. you know, local commercial waivers. We have, depending on what the contract is, we have ultra low, but we have so many ways to help people that um, I think that they just really need to try to access those things. Yeah. I have to say that the idea of flipping a, a contract is something that I find very empowering. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think we've ever given anybody that advice. It's great. When that question comes in. So I really appreciate that. Um, it makes getting involved and knowing what the union's up to and what the contracts are even more important for mm -hmm. those people in those markets to say, okay, I, I know what their budget is. I know like what we're doing here. I can maybe help them by right. getting by gathering up the paperwork and saying like do this and and yes I'll absolutely right. say yes to your to your project to your role. Um, we have two questions that we always ask at the end of every okay. interview, so I just want to because I know we're out of time. Can I just say one thing to that yeah. though? Because I want to help. So I also want to say so these are ways yes to know your contracts. Also, if you're in a local that has, um, you know, if you're in one of our locals, reach out to your local executive director or to the staff that's been assigned, or reach out to the national offices trying to find out a person immediately who can help you so mm. that you can do that. You don't have to feel like you have to know all the answers. Right. What you do is you come with the questions and the information, and they'll help you. So. That's great. That's great. Thank you for that. Um, I, I really, I know we didn't have a ton of time. I really wish we could have talked, I, I really wish we could have spoken more about your career as, as an okay, actor, yeah. because a lot of these a lot of these, the answers to our final two questions usually are, come from that place. Okay. But if you want to answer them from the place of, of governance, that, that would be no, amazing I too. Could, I could do it as an actor. So, I mean. yeah. So the first one is, do you feel like this career path chose you or you chose it? Wow. Part of it I chose. I believe that. And I, I don't know that it chooses me. I think, so I saw this great thing in the New Yorker. I don't know if this helps. This was many years ago. This was over three years ago. And it was a picture of all these doors. And there was two rows of them. Like there was a bottom, you know, downstairs and upstairs. And there were just doors lined up uh, beneath and above. And on one of the doors, there was a, uh, a note nailed on it. It said, opportunity knocked, but you weren't there to answer. And so what I think, and that was really profound for me. I still think of that picture. And I think that uh, my career has been about um, preparation. I, I can't say that, I mean, there's certain things I imagined and I desired, and I definitely think I, you know, I helped to facilitate it. Part of it's luck, and part of luck is being prepared so that when luck does come or opportunity comes, you're ready to take the bull by the horns. I just, you know, I think it's such a combination of so many things. I love that. Um, now that image, without even having see, mm -hmm. seen that image, is going to be kind of burned into my memory. The second question is, if you, with all of the things that you've experienced, all the different areas of the industry that you've been involved with, and now governance, if you could take all of your experiences and boil them down to one nugget of advice for <laughs> a not a, 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 a what did what did what do you tell me to call them? Not non-union members, but. Oh, pre-union. 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 Someone who's pre-union, someone who's union, someone who's out there fighting the good fight, someone who's just getting started, someone who's maybe on their career path but, you know, not sure, like looking for inspiration. Like what is your, what is your nugget of advice that you tell other actors when, when asked? 
I haven't been asked that specifically, but I say live in the world of yes. So when I got out of college, I remember I went to Sarah Lawrence College. And when I got out, I was like, I was offered a soap opera. I said, yes. I was offered a commercial. I said, yes. I was auditioning. I did theater. I said, yes. I said, yes. I said, yes. And it was five years later, I think, when I started really, you know, started to work. And I went back to a college reunion. And there was the guy who had been like the theater guy at Sarah Lawrence. And he said, oh, man, I saw you on this thing. And, man, I wish I didn't say no because now I can't get an agent. And I can't. And, you know, it was all hard. He, you know, but he was seeing it that way. And I thought... He was living, he, I remember when we were in college and he said, I will only do this. That's what he oh. said. I am, I am a film actor and this is all I will do. And I thought, okay, whatever. But me, not, I was in survival mode and I love to work and the idea of being creative. I say, if you live in the world of yes, nothing is too small. I really feel that way. Nothing is too small. I've done things that look like my, you know, people say, don't do it, Gabrielle. And then it turned out to be really quite profound other things that everybody thought was so big meant nothing so your heart has to be there you have to somewhere it has to Hmm. connect either in your pocket financially or it's got to be something emotionally that drives you there has to be a reason for you to do it otherwise it's empty but um but live in the world of yes and just you know it's okay to be afraid it's okay i love that i love it thank you so much for sharing that with us uh we usually ask at this point if there's, if people want to find out more about you, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there and, and I know you were saying like, you're not big on, on technology. No, but you can stuff, go, but. I do share stuff. Like I was at a, the opening of genius last night was the premiere of genius, yeah. which is the new, uh, national geographic series. Everybody should see it about Einstein. Yeah. Great. So yeah. I social media, I did some, you know, I did some, Live Facebooking. Oh, uh-huh. look at that. Okay, so, cool. But I am that's working kinda, on That's kind of my question. It's right. like if people want to find it, like, so, so Just follow Just look for me. You. I'm out there. All right. Yeah. All right. Please cool. follow me and, you know, and I'd love to see what you're doing and, you know, maybe we'll meet and, you know, hang out. Hopefully we'll be doing, a, you know, a job on a set together. There it is. There I love go. that. Yeah. Okay. I'm Thank always you. open for it. Thank All you, right. Gabrielle. Thank I really you. appreciate Thank it. Thank you. A shorter part two. It was only 16, 17 minutes, but um, some good stuff in there. And you know what I liked? Uh, My favorite part of this entire interview was when she kind of stopped you and said, I wouldn't call them minor markets. That was your favorite part (laughs) when I got corrected? Well, you weren't corrected. I don't don't see it as you being corrected. I see it more as like a... I'm joking. This is the changed landscape, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I love learning stuff like that, actually. And, um, you know, I... I didn't mean for it to sound pejorative. I I just didn't know what else to call these other markets. And so, I don't know, maybe we can put our heads together, either you and I or you and I and our listeners, and come up with something that uh, that is, you know, supportive and empowering language, but also makes the distinction between, you know, the two Super Bowls of L.A. and New York and the and the, you know, these other markets where there's tons of work right now, tons um, I'm helping Ben Whitehair put himself on tape for something in Portland like once, twice a week these days. I mean that 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 is a that is a furious clip, you know, to be to be moving along at. So a- anyway, um, you know, uh, do you have any ideas, Trev? Like uh, what else we might be able to? I'm thinking I'm thinking regional markets. Ooh, there we go. 
regional. Yeah. Yes. New York and LA are not regions. Yes. I mean, Vancouver's a hot spot. Atlanta's a hot spot. I think you know, New Mexico, the sort of Southwest, um, a lot of stuff in Texas. Portland, obviously, is. I mean, stuff's sh- it's shooting everywhere now. I just think it's so cool. The, the, the story that you have to move to the Super Bowl of the entertainment industry somewhere like L.A. or New York is obviously it's, it's it gives you an advantage in terms of the amount of work you can take. But it's not necessary anymore, especially if you cultivate a skill set of self-producing, of making your own work. I think that uh, more and more we're going to see this sort of widening of of job opportunities and I, I think it'll be in in 10 15 years it'll be like it won't matter where you live you can live anywhere and uh you know with the right sort of skill set and internet savviness and marketing savviness you can make a living acting or storytelling professionally on the internet or it's just so cool man like i just love that the man doesn't control everything <laughs> all the time now yeah, it's only going to get more and more empowering for artists and the, the resources are out there. The training is out there. <laughs> All right, man. What's your pick of the week? So my pick of the week, uh, anybody who follows me on social media saw this. I also uh, talked about it in my most recent newsletter, but the book Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson. He has a podcast as well called The Model Health Show that I've only listened to here and there, but it's great. And what I liked about this book, I've just been interested in sleep uh, with a lot of the sort of changes in my life recently. I, I had not been sleeping well. I was in sort of an unhappy place for a while and, and not getting sleep like just compounds everything in your life. Sleep just compounds everything no matter whether you're getting it or not in every direction. Mm. And uh, so I wanted to learn more about sleep. So I went to the library and I got these two books after doing some research about, you know, ideal books that you could read about sleep. And uh, Sleep Smarter was one of the ones that had just so much actionable advice. And what I really loved about it was that it, it centered around how to get the best sleep possible. But so much of that has nothing to do with the actual sleep part. So much of it has to do with everything else you do in your day. And so a lot of um, really good and, frankly, unexpected information in this book just about things you can do. In fact, the last chapter, chapter 21 or principle 21 or strategy 21, is about this thing called earthing, which is a thing where you basically make a point to connect your body to mother nature physically and uh the the most common way to do it is to just take off your your socks and your shoes and go walk around in the grass or walk on the beach and things like that and the science behind it is that we are all electromagnetic beings with electromagnetic fields and the planet planet earth has a very specific electromagnetic resonance and that we so frequently separate ourselves from that walking on concrete and wearing shoes and being indoors and so when you get out and you actually connect skin to soil uh, skin to sand skin to ocean water or lake water or grass uh, it immediately changes your physiology and there's a lot of science in this book to back up sort of new agey out there claims like that throughout this book everything from like what plants to have in your bedroom to the the photoreceptors on your skin and so how important it is to have your bedroom very dark and the whole book i was like no really no shit (laughs) there's a study for that that's crazy and it was written in a fun way and it's well researched and he doesn't he doesn't say he, he doesn't he's very careful not to demonize 
uh, you know, technology or or people with specific situations. He just, you know, he constantly says, look, do the best you can. You know, this is sort of what what we know right now. There's still a lot we don't know, but but experiment and try these things and and see what happens. And I have been putting some of these principles into into play in my life and been sleeping much better, to be honest, and going Mm. to bed much earlier and easily falling asleep much earlier, which has been huge because I used to lay in bed and just stare at the ceiling for hours. And then I'd wake up the next day feeling exhausted. And now I'm going to bed much earlier, falling asleep right away, waking up rested and energized in the morning and having dreams again and remembering my dreams and feeling in a much better mood throughout the day. And it's an awesome book, man. Um, Definitely one of the best books I've read this year. Highly recommend it. Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson. Link on our website. So tell me about your pick of the week because I actually was researching this the other night and uh, was really intrigued by it. I finally got a chance to see the current show that's on at the Kirk Douglas Theater. And because the Kirk Douglas and Center Theater Group are featuring smaller uh, theater houses in Los Angeles right now, there's three plays – uh, from from different theater companies in LA that are only going to get um, two weeks of a run each, but uh, the source material that was used to develop the play, and actually I think most of the lines, if not all the lines of the play, are directly out of the source material, is actually a book of poetry by a an, a woman named Claudia Rankin, and it is called Citizen, an American Lyric. And it is all about race, race relations, uh, micro and, and in some cases macro aggressions in America. They first produced this show in 2015. And I think it was the Fountain Theater who produced it. The Fountain's sort of response to unarmed black, especially men who are being killed by um, law enforcement over the last you know, however many years we've been, it's been as publicized as it, as it has been. So this book, uh, or, or yeah, book of poetry is, uh, is all about these, these, uh, these race relations. And it's, it's just fascinating. Like they, they theatricalized it, but I would encourage anyone to check out the, the book, especially if you're uh, into poetry or into, um, politics or, or just want to understand more. For instance, if I had to, say that there was one, my biggest sort of takeaway from, um, listening to the words of this, of this poetry, I I understood that there must be an emotional and mental toll that walking through life as a, um, uh, person of color or some kind of marginalized group, there must be a mental and emotional toll that takes place where you, you know, it's just, it's exhausting, um, uh, you know, dealing with this on a daily basis. But they talk about, or she talks about in, in, in the book, the physiological toll that it takes. And I never really thought of it like that. I'd never really taken into consideration how it, that exhaustion affects one's physiological being that you just feel sort of beaten up from from trying to fight these battles on a daily basis. So just to create that sense of empathy and and um, oneness with your fellow human, it makes this uh, sort of a, a must read. Um, I, I think that's the reason why I wanted to make it my uh, my pick of the week. Hmm. 
Yeah, I listened to some of the audience cast creative team conversation after the after the um, the performance the other night, and I was really I, I didn't know much about the show to be honest. So I was really moved, and I started looking into um, some of Claudia's work. And it turns out this this book of poetry, Citizen, uh, is actually a national book final national book award finalist. So um, it's a big deal, and it was also selected as uh, one of I think twenty or so books that are being, um, I don't know how actively proposed these are being, but they're, they're, they're recommended reading for presidents like Donald Trump presidents. <laughs> Hello, Mr. President. Congratulations. Here's your recommended reading list. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's great. You know, Barack Obama was such a, an avid reader and, uh, I don't know if president Trump is a, as a reader, but, um, it would be kind of cool to Not based on his language. <laughs> Is third grade level language. I somehow doubt it. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, that's Citizen. And then we have a listener pick from Jasmine Bristow. And she uh, sends in the podcast Invisibilia. It's about the invisible forces that shape our lives. So a lot of interesting sociological and psychological factors at play in our life that we normally don't even think about or acknowledge. We just sort of take them all for granted. And yet they are so instrumental in shaping how we respond and see the respond to and see the world. So I I really enjoy the podcast as well. Jasmine has been loving it. They release all of their episodes in seasonal chunks. So I think they do typically one a week for maybe eight or 10 episodes. And then they, they take a break and produce all the others and then come back and then release much much like a tv show the link to that is on our website it's a production of npr and if you have the npr one app uh it's one of the featured podcasts in that app so check it out invisibilia so that is uh, citizen an american lyric by claudia rankin sleep smarter by sean stevenson and invisibilia great podcast from npr all right today's episode of inside acting was produced and co-hosted by me trevor algott and you aj meyer Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gadella Gubrick is our marketing and web director. Deborah Smith is our community manager. Grace Gordon is our director of public relations. And Fern Lynn designed our logo. Trevor Elgott edited and mixed today's episode and composed our theme and interview music. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our episodes at our website, InsideActing.net. You can also find us on social media and wherever you get your podcasts. If you got a minute, please leave us a review on iTunes because that specifically really helps us out a lot. Huge thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal Pro, VO2GoGo.com, PrintHeadshots.com, and Bluehost. And a big thanks to you guys, our listeners. Be sure to visit our website and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Get links to everything we talked about in this episode. And if you'd like, you can also directly support the continued production of this show with either a one-time financial contribution or an ongoing contribution as part of our membership. All the information and ways to do that are at our website, InsideActing.net. So head over there to learn more and to show us a little bit of love. And remember that, you, you know, another way to contribute on the financial side of things is to check out our sponsors because, you know, it, it every time that they are successful in partnership with us, it makes them want to come back and it makes others want to join in. Yeah. And, and uh, just a quick note on that. We never, ever, ever accept a sponsorship from a company that we don't agree with or wouldn't wholeheartedly recommend. So that is it. 
for episode 275 of Inside Acting. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, live in the world of yes. Yes.